Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman, and it is time to bring the orange with our special guest, Mark Gonzalez from E+. You are the regional VP of sales in the Southwest. Welcome to the podcast and welcome to Accelerate. Thank you, Rob. Nice to be here. It is great to have you here. How long have you been at, uh, at E+, in this current role? For about eight years. Uh, literally started from nothing. Uh, when I started with E Plus in Southern California, we had two sales rep, a husband and wife that worked out of their home. Uh, and if the kid got sick, uh, <laughs> they both went to the doctors and we had no sales force. So we started from that and today we have over 80 people in Southern California and do about $200 million in revenue. Wow, extensive. Eight years. Um, eight years, that, that is a lot of growth and, and building things up. Tell me, tell me about E+, right? What, what uh, you know, we had uh, one of your AI solution specialists on a little while back. Justin Great, Emerson. great Justin, he was yeah. fantastic, great yeah. podcast. But, but in general, if you're talking about E+, to a potential client, what, what would you say? What would be the key points? Uh, I would say we're a systems integrator. Okay. Uh, I always like to tell people that we're a value-added reseller, capital V, capital A, small r. Very important. Uh, anybody can sell you product. Sure. Uh, really, where the value-add comes is from truly understanding what customers need uh, mm -hmm. and then helping them solve problems. When I go talk to people, I first ask them, I said, do you have religion about something? If somebody says, oh, yeah, I'm religious about this vendor for networking or that vendor for networking, well, then the conversation that you have is fairly limited. But if the customer is truly open uh, to solutions, then you basically say, hey, how can I help you? And then once you understand the problems they're trying to solve, the value add comes in from helping them to narrow down all their choices and helping them to make an educated decision. How, how would you define value add? Because right, we hear that term Kind of, kind of well, thrown around so, quite so a bit, here's right? What, so here's what's interesting. The most important hires that I make yeah. are salespeople. Most important hires that I make are technical people because anybody can sell you products. So what I look for are people who are really, really smart, people who have helped customers solve problems uh, that can bring solutions to the table. And so when you first meet a customer for the first time, many times you ask them, hey, what's the biggest problem you're trying to solve? And their answer typically is, no, everything's great and wonderful. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, we're which, all good. Which literally means I don't want to meet with you. Don't waste yeah. my time. I'm moving yeah. to the next meeting. But once you solve that first problem that they have, then they really open up and say, hey, you did a great job with this one. Help me with that. Help me with the other. So I tell people that some people collect cars. Uh, I, I collect technical talent uh, because that truly is what I believe separates you from somebody who will just sell you another box. It's almost like you can never have too much oh, no. of that, of, of really Absolutely. talented, smart people to, to go always, out and represent your, your company well. I am always looking for technical talent, whether I have the slots or I don't have the slots. And that's one of the nice things about E+. It's a very entrepreneurial company. Uh, about three or four years ago, there was a Citrix reseller uh, that was um, going out of business. Uh, and literally the owner of the company called me and said, hey, um, would you hire my 11 people? Wasn't in my business plan. Nope. And yet I called our CEO and I said, hey, here's a chance for me to pick up 11 people uh, with a lot of skills that we don't have. And the thing about E plus is he let me do it. He said, you know, it'll totally screw up your P&L. And I said, yeah, that's fine. Uh, but I always take the long-term view. I'm never about what's the quarter look like. It really is always about investing for the future. And the payoff, right? Well, I assume well, longer term that that came around, well, no, absolutely. right? Just something so, that worked, what worked out. Yeah, so you're, you can never stand still, right? So we're always focused on new account development. 
Uh, I always feel like a shark moving through the water. You have to keep moving or you die. Yeah. So you're either spiraling up or you're spiraling down, but you can never stand still. And so we dedicate fully a third of our sales force in just doing new account development. Uh, and in last year, we closed 68 net new accounts. There aren't a lot of resellers who focus on new account development, but to me, that is the air that you breathe uh, and that is how you grow. And that's what, yeah, exactly. I was just going to say that's where your expansion yeah. um, comes from. Well, on the subject of expansion and on technical smart people, we're here at Accelerate. And uh, yesterday you attended the Global Partner Forum. I What's did. your impression? You probably you probably get inv invited to tons of those kinds of events uh, by tons of different vendors. Uh, does this one stand out for you? Do we do a pretty good job of connecting with with our partners at, yeah. at GPF? So, th so the honest the honest truth is that sure. I do get a lot of invitations, <laughs> but I don't go. I see. Uh, it is rare that I go, except for the pure event and I do that almost every year. Um, it really, I've been in this business for a long, long time. Uh, I worked for several OEMs for 25 years. Uh, I've been in the channel for 10. I've been to Las Vegas more times than I can Gosh, count. So we I have, all have, I have insane, no right? interest in going to Las Vegas again. Uh, but these events are a little bit different primarily because pure is different. Hmm. Uh, pure is very partner centric. Uh, and that makes the difference. It, uh, there's a lot of focus on technology, uh, but honestly, uh, if the partnership aspect isn't good, then the technology almost doesn't matter. Uh, and so over the years, um, in the background that I've had, I've come to the conclusion that there's four P's that you have to have if you're going to be an OEM and, and be successful. Uh, the first P is you have to have a product that's competitive. That's table stakes. Yep. Almost everybody that's in the industry today has good products. But if you look at Pure... Uh, their products have been evolving at a very fast pace, and Pure was very early to market in the flash space. Uh, that was their claim to fame. It reminds me of the country music song from Barbara Mandrell, I was country before country was cool. <laughs> uh, but it's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, Pure was first there with uh, all, all flash array, uh, and they really have mainstreamed it. Now everybody has flash arrays, and I think I heard yesterday at the breakout session, uh, that Gartner's no longer going to have an all-flash category, that basically it's just going to be external storage. Storage is storage, right? So it We've really that has become mm -hmm. mainstream, and, and I really do think that Pure deserves a lot of the credit for that. So that's you know that's one of the things. If you look at some of the products, they just announced uh, Tier 0 storage, uh, which is basically an external cache. Yep. Uh, you have Tier 1 storage with the uh, Flash uh, Series X. Uh, amazing product. Don't know why they call it X. In my mind, it's probably refers to extreme performance and extreme yeah. capacity. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the ability to put three petabytes in 6U, that's unbelievable. You then combine that with the uh, software that does compression, and, and, and all of a sudden you have an unbeatable combination um, that's very, very hard for somebody else to touch. Uh, kind of reminds me of the uh, um, Crocodile Dundee movie years ago where this guy comes up to to the guy and then pulls out a knife on him and says, hey, I'm here to rob you. And and um, and the guy goes and says, that's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah, that's not a well, knife. If, you look, yeah. if yeah. you look at the Flash Array X, this is a knife. Yes. Uh, and it really is, I think, the standard that other people aspire to. Uh, and, uh, and it's an excellent product. Uh, and then you have the product you just announced now, the Flash Array C. C is out, uh, For right? capacity. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, I've been in this business, again, for a long time. And disk drives do three things. Read, write, and break. Uh, <laughs> right? Uh, and I the, love that, yes. And, and the main reason why people uh, 
box spinning disc uh, was because of price. Yeah. Well, if you look at this announcement, uh, it takes the price issue off the table because if you can sell a flash array, which is faster, more reliable, uh, at a lower price point than you can spinning disc, why in God's green earth would you expose yourself to something that you know just doesn't have the availability features that the flash array yep. does? So I think this is gonna be another game changer that's going to put some of the folks that have hybrid technologies uh, really on their back foot. And so I think it's a, it's a great uh, announcement. Uh, I, like your, I like your read, write, and break. I, I, I did a different, I always heard a different spin of it, which was there's only two types of disk drives, those that are broken and those that are about to break. Well, there you go. Right? Very similar, right? Oh, yeah. In that, in that same vein. Um, with the, the technology that we have being as good as what you've just described in an enthusiastic way, what does that do for you when you go, you know, going back to our earlier conversation about that solution discussion, does that eliminate the need to get into the weeds on all the product things? Because you can kind of just point to point to and go, yeah, we got it. We got it covered. Right. It's it, it's here. What are you really trying to solve? We don't have to go argue about IOPS and specific technologies. We're good. Well, honestly, uh, most customers have a prejudice or a bias of some yeah. sort, yeah. Uh, and it really isn't a technological conversation. Um, I, th I actually did this one time. Uh, I went on a sales call with a sales rep to talk to a customer about storage, and um, I could tell that the customer wasn't engaged and he wasn't paying attention. Yeah. Uh, he already had his mind made up, and I, I truly did this. I invented a hypothetical storage product. And I took, I did, I took all of the features of every one of the best storage arrays out there that I could think of, and I amalgamated it into a single storage platform. And at the end of the meeting, my sales rep and I were walking out of the building and the guy goes and says, hey, our product doesn't do that. And I said, I knew. I said, the customer had no interest in buying. I just wanted to prove to you that they had no interest in buying. Right. So a lot of times it has absolutely nothing to do with speeds and feeds. Right. And folks already have their mind made up. In that case, it's very, very hard uh, to get them to change their mind, which is why, again, I usually start with a conversation about asking them if they have religion. If you have a religion and that right? tells you up front whether you want to invest any time in it or, or you know, move on. Yeah. Right. And then you had the other announcement around the, uh, the blades. Right. Yeah. So now yeah. you can scale up to 150 blades, eight petabytes. I mean, that is amazing scalability and so if you look at the AI workloads uh, right it's exploding the yeah. partnership you have with NVIDIA uh, I think it's an ideal combination for pure uh, because these are very large data sets require a lot of performance uh, and I think the marriage between NVIDIA and Pure is, is just a natural one, right? Yeah, it's a great it's a great synergy, right? So the first P is product. First P is product. What about yeah? And I want to I want to navigate through these. So the second one so is the second programs that are programs. Okay. Uh, that are well, they have to be more than competitive. They have to be compelling. Okay. Right. And so I'll give you a couple just off the top of my mind. One is the Evergreen Storage. Uh, that again is something that was pioneered by Pure. Uh, you buy your controller, you put it on a maintenance contract, you never have to buy another controller again. That is revolutionary. Uh, I mean, when I was uh, in the storage business, uh, basically customers kept their storage for three years. Uh, when they got the bill for year four or year five, they saw that it was cheaper to buy another controller or another array. And so that's what caused movement. But what Pure has done is really unbelievable because you've basically gone through nine generations of upgrades 
and customers have not have been able to do it non-disruptively, right. and they've been able to preserve their investment. And so Andy Martin, uh, the, the head of channels for the Americas, uh, you know, has a, a way of saying it. It's, it's like going from Betamax to VHS to LaserDisc to DVD to Blu-ray to being able to download things from the Internet. If you think about that kind of technological change and yet to be able to do it non-disruptively and to be able to preserve a customer's investment, there really is nobody out there who has done that. The other thing that, that I think a lot of OEMs don't realize is that every time that they come out with a new generation that is not compatible with the previous one, they freeze their customers. Right. Because the customer already says, well, it's not compatible with what I already have. So let me go ahead and evaluate everything else that's in the market. And it, and then I don't care who it is. You've seen it time after time, whether it's storage, whether it's servers, networking. And to me, that is one of the biggest mistakes that OEMs make that Pure has been able to avoid. Uh, so the investment protection story uh, behind that is is amazing. And then you have, you know, what was called ES2. Uh, yep. And it's now called Pure, Pure as a Service, service. now, right? Uh, yeah. By the way, I like the name. It's I a think, good brand. I, yeah, I think it's, it's great because, because it's cloud in, is all about as a well, service, it, right? It, it or, encompasses or, or the whole model. thing, right? Right. So customers have, by and large, decided they're going to move to the cloud in some way, shape, or form, whether it's a cloud-first strategy or trying to figure out how to do it. Uh, and to me, the holy grail has always been how can I offer something that is a true utility, which is why people have gravitated to the cloud. Right. And if you look at what all the other OEMs have done until now, it's basically been a lease. Yep. You make a commitment of some sort, but it fundamentally is a lease. It's just a financial arrangement, right? When but you if get you down look to at it. what yeah. Pure uh, has done, it's totally different. It really is a utility. Dial up, dial down. Uh, and if you look at retail, for example, retail, their big season is in October through January. Uh, and in this model, you could then scale up and then the Christmas season is over. You can scale down. But with this announcement that basically says, I don't care where you put the storage, whether it's on prem or it's in the cloud, one contract, don't have to make any changes. You want to put 100 terabytes on prem now. And then over time, you want to have 900 in the cloud. You want to you change your mind, want to bring it back. I think that this is another thing that is just so compelling. Uh, it really becomes a no-brainer. Uh, and so I think this will have wide adoption. And the fact that it, it opens the entire portfolio right. to this model, uh, and especially if you look at the changes that have happened from an accounting perspective in terms of what you count as CapEx versus what yep. you count as yep. OpEx, these assets never become a customer's asset. It truly is an OpEx model. Uh, and so once again, I think Pure is leading the pack uh, with a compelling uh, offering that I think will be very, very hard for other people uh, to, to be able to duplicate. So you have to have products that are competing, competitive. You have to have programs that are compelling. But honestly, if you don't have this next one, you fail. What's, what's your third one? What's the big one there? You have to have partnerships that count. Okay. Right. Uh, and so, again... Having worked for an OEM, having worked for a reseller, you find that there's two types of OEMs. You have what I would call partner-tolerant OEMs, and you have partner-centric OEMs. And so let me define the two yeah. a little bit, because if I define them for you, you'll be able to recognize them in an instant. So it starts with the accounts. If you're a partner-tolerant OEM, you assume that the accounts are yours. And if you want to be able to recognize a partner tolerant OEM. All you have to do is go to their partner kickoff meetings. Right. And one of the first slides that they put on the screen 
is a pyramid slide that shows global accounts, corporate accounts, enterprise accounts. Then they'll say there's a hard deck and everything below the hard deck, 100% of that goes through the channel. Well, think about it. What they're basically saying is we want to keep the good accounts for us and you go work all of the white space. Yeah, and you guys go fight amongst yourselves to, 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 me, to take what's to there. To me, yeah. that is not partner-centric. Mm -hmm. It is partner-tolerant. Tolerant. Okay. Uh, I'll give you another example. They don't like to give you registrations on the top accounts. This is a true story. An account that we have been in probably seven or eight years. We do five to seven million dollars a year. New fiscal year starts, new OEM rep comes on board. We introduce them to the folks that we have relationships with. A, a couple of months later, we find an opportunity. We go talk to this uh, new rep uh, and we say, hey, we'd like to register this opportunity. And he says, true story, he says, uh, I don't register opportunities. This is a global account uh, and uh, we just do jump balls. And I go, wait, 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 so wait. So wait, what changed? Wait, wait, wait. Right, I, I yeah. said, wait, wait. Let, let me make sure I understand this. You're right. telling me if I find an opportunity, I work an opportunity, you're going to give me exactly the same pricing as somebody who has done nothing at all? Yes. And he said yes. So, again, clearly partner t tolerant, right. not partner centric. And it goes back to your value add thing too, right? right? Somebody can just jump in and there's oh, nothing absolutely. that they're providing, right. but getting the same terms. If you are a yeah. reseller and you hear the words level playing field, uh -huh. that basically means the OEM does not value any of the value add that you bring to the table. And you see this bad behavior mm -hmm. all over the place. Uh, another way in which you see it is you see the OEM rep go directly to the customer and place the pricing in front of the customer. Well, what happens then is the OEM has set the expectation in the customer's mind in terms of what the cost is. And by definition, he has defined how much margin I can get on the deal. And then it's a matter of, oh, no, you should be able to settle for that. Right. right. So that's, again, partner tolerant, not partner centric. And then the last is that they live and die by their own quarters. Uh, and I've seen this behavior and I'll give you an example of it. Uh, it's the end of their quarter and it's pull out all the stops. Hey, they even will go call on the customer independent of you and they will try to close the deal and whether it's the deal is ready to be closed or not because it's the end of their quarter. I mm -hmm. call that pigeon account management, by the way, because they fly in, they poop and they oh, fly yeah, out. Flip, yeah. right? Sure. <laughs> uh, and then you're left to clean up the mess. But I, true story, we actually have had an OEM say, it's the end of our quarter, and this last year, it was around the Saturday of Christmas, and they asked us to bring in our purchasing people so that we would place the order on the Saturday of Christmas so it would count for their quarter. Now, we did it. We actually did it, but I honestly had to ask myself, okay, if it was the end of my quarter and it was Saturday of Christmas, right. would they come in? to place my orders? And? The answer would be no. It would be no. Right? Yeah. So again, partner tolerant, partner centric. Now, if you look at Pure, Pure is 100% through the channel. So by definition, they're partner centric. Secondly, you will never go into a Pure partner meeting and see a pyramid slide. Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Okay. Why? Because it's off. And, and, it, and it really comes down to where the rubber meets the road. Um, one of the early uh, partner channel managers that I had was a lady by the name of Dina Sykes. Mm -hmm. Very nice lady. Uh, I had just started working at E+. I had no office. I had no technical people. I had the two, the husband and wife. bare bones, the husband I and had, wife. I yeah. had nothing. Yeah. Right. And she comes up to me and says, hey, uh, I know you're just getting started here and I want to work with you. I said, Dina. Why don't you wait until I build something and then we can work together? But no, 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 no. I want to work with you now. So you don't think that now, years later, 
when we've built the kind of business that we have, that there isn't a strong loyalty there? Right. Oh, absolutely, right? I'll give you another example of partner centricity. We closed a deal. I called Dina all excited. Hey, Dina, we closed this deal. I fully expected her to say, hey, uh, book it, book it, book yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right. Her answer was, don't book it. Okay. She said, we're going to give you another quote and give you more margin. I could have fallen out of my chair. I have never had an I was OEM. Say, is that ever? I have never had an ever OEM. Ever in your call. long career, your, your I, long and distinguished no, career, no, have you run no, into that before? I, I have begged. For, I have begged for margin, of course, but I have never, never had an it. OEM right. offer me right. extra margin. Right, and so sure enough, we got another quote, and uh, and so I'll give another example. Um, whenever I interview salespeople, I always ask them about their partner relationships. Um, hey, do you know this person there? It's almost like a BS meter, right? Yeah. Uh, and so I was talking to this person and I said, hey, do you have a relationship with Pure? And the person's answer was no, because Pure won't do business with us. Okay, that's not a good sign. Yeah. No, that actually was, was that a good, oh, no, that it was that a good was sign a, for you. It was a good not sign a good for sign me. For you know them. why? Right. Because Pure's model is not to over uh, distribute their product. Hmm. They really want to focus on people who are committed that are willing to make the investments in the technical resources and are really committed to growing the business. And, and so these folks wanted to play at storage, uh, whereas we were serious about it. And so I'll tell you a funny story. So this year, our partner business manager came by to visit. And, uh, and so she had in mind uh, what a reasonable number was that we should sign up for in right. terms of our goal for pure storage. So do you know what I told her? Double it. Okay. And I told her, I said, look, for me to be relevant to you, I have to be one of your top three partners. For you to be relevant to me, I have to be one of your top three partners. For sure. And so you do the math and you quickly say that goal is not high enough. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing is we're now halfway through our fiscal year and we're actually on plan. And you're on plan for To it. achieve the double the number that they were looking for. So it was for. a good stretch then. Oh, absolutely. It was a right? great stretch. Uh, and then the last P right. is for passion for the company. And I have never seen a, a company that had employees that were more passionate, right? So they all were orange. You know, sometimes it's not the prettiest outfit I've ever seen. Well, there's a lot uh, of hues it, of orange it, it, out there, right? right? I mean, so, I, you so know, it socks. I got my shoes and I've got mine on today, but there's a lot of hues, but yeah. we do it. Right? So here's what's funny, right? So yeah. I actually remember being uh, at a pure event and I was a little early. So I was sitting there uh, and I was watching as this beautiful lady came down the stairs uh, and I saw that she had a coral necklace and she coral earrings. And I thought to myself, you know, before now, I never thought of orange as a fashionable color. But the honest truth is, is that the Puritans don't have to wear orange. You can always spot them in the crowd because they're the people with a big smile on their face, right? And so if you can't tell, I'm a big fan of Pure. I love it. Um, they have been an excellent partner to us, uh, and I, I see nothing but, but good things ahead. Well, I appreciate your advocacy and for walking through. I love the four Ps concept because you really hit on all the things that, that really matter, um, you know, for partners. And I can't elevate one above the other. I think they all. No, you have to have them all. They all work in concert, yeah. right? I mean, great to say, well, yeah, we have all these great products, but if you don't have passion for them, that doesn't work. Or if you don't have programs that enable you differentiation or a way to really attach uh, or attract a customer's attention, you're not going to be successful. Yeah, and I agree. do your and do your double number. There you go. Right, that there you're you on that you're on path to do. Um, well, fantastic. Do you like Weezer? 
I don't even know <laughs> who that is. Sorry, referencing the concert. I just one of those random ones. I decided to, you know, kind of that throw was a, in that there. was a great curve. I feel like That's a weezer. A I feel like, an, feel old like an old weezer. Sometime, yes, but, but, yes. No, I don't know. Yeah, who I went for is. almost a five mile run yesterday morning, and I got back, and all day I was, my legs were sore, and also felt like like a weezer. Like I was a weezer. Like yeah. I was wheezing. Yeah. No, awesome. Any 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 final words? Any closing things? Anything no, you no. want to plug for I, no, for E Plus? I, I, I mean, no, no. I mean, we're very proud to be partnered um, with Pure. Uh, it's a natural partnership. Uh, we had a meeting today with a Andy Martin, and it was more like a love fest. You know, a love lot it. of times you get together uh, and with other OEMs, and it's about well, your partner program, or you did this wrong in the field, and this is more like a love fest again because. Pure is so partner centric. Uh, it really is hard to find things to to nitpick about. Uh, it's just a great organization to work with. Fantastic. Well, and we love working with you. I love well, thank you having Justin on the program a little while back. It's been fascinating uh, hearing you go through the four P's. Greg Davidson promised me it would be really interesting, and uh, and you delivered. Well, it good. was fantastic. So uh, thanks for joining. Um, for more information on E-Plus and Pure Storage, go to eplus.com slash pure storage, dedicated vanity URL, which is uh, fantastic because it's really hard for me to read slashes and other things There you go. Uh, at the podcast. And uh, for everybody else out there, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing and downloading. Please tell a colleague. We will keep these great, interesting episodes coming. And with that, we'll wrap for Pure Storage and Mark Gonzalez. This is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.